worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon and welcome to SaskAg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. On today's show, the federal environment minister responded to allegations that he and the liberal government are influencing senators to defeat Bill C-234. Chief Agricultural Editor of SaskAgToday.com, Kevin Hirsch, is following a story related to John Deere and Manette Farms. And cattle prices in Saskatchewan were mixed last week. Farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Fresh Water, fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. Canada's top environment minister is pushing back over allegations the federal government is trying to influence members of the Senate to vote against Bill 234. Senator David Wells has said repeatedly the fix is in for voting down the bill, pointing to delays in the upper chamber and five new senators being appointed before the week-long break. The Tories have also been very critical of the Liberal government on this issue. Here's Stephen Gibo during a news conference Tuesday responding to the allegations. A couple of things on 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 that. Um, first uh, and and foremost, uh, people should remember. And if you know, Pierre Poliev had any sense of, of, of moral decency, he would admit that we've already excluded ninety seven percent of fuels used on farms because at, at the time when we when we put in place carbon pricing in Canada, uh, the price on pollution, we we realized that there was no alternatives for. For, for these applications. So the price, the price on pollution in the agricultural sector only applies to 3% of, of, of fuels that are, that are being used at where technologies are, alternative technologies are available. And, and we've, um, for, in the case of grain drying, for example, and, and we've provided more than half a billion dollars of funding, uh, to support farmers in, in that transition. Number one. Uh, number two, um, it's, um, I mean, we're, we're against the creation of a new exemption. We were against Bill C-234 when it was in the House of Commons. We voted against it. Um, so I have had conversations with, I don't know, maybe half a dozen, give or take, uh, senators uh, in the course of the last two weeks. Um, but people should remember that since 2015, uh, there are, I mean, there are a handful, but very, you know, only a handful of, of liberal senators the, the the senators we've nominated as a, as a government since 2015 are independent senators. 
The only person who tells senators what to do and how to vote is Pierre Poliev. We don't do that. So I've had conversations with, with some of them to explain our position and, and why we, we don't support that bill. But this is what they've been. They've been conversations. That's Federal Environment Minister Stephen Guibo. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. Coming up next is a story that Chief Agricultural Editor of SaskAgToday.com, Kevin Hirsch, is following related to John Deere and Manette Farms. Keep it tuned here. We'll be back right after this. We're back with Sask Ag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. There's been a report of John Deere selling farm equipment directly to a Saskatchewan-based farm corporation. SaskAgToday.com Chief Agricultural Editor Kevin Hirsch delved into the controversy. Well, Manette Farms is actually based out of Swift Current, Saskatchewan, but they own land in many locations across Saskatchewan, probably one of the biggest farms. There's bigger land owners, but Manette Farms probably farms more ground in Saskatchewan than anyone else. Has a little bit of ground in uh, in uh, northern part of Manitoba as well. Owns land in Montana, uh, in Arizona, uh, some uh, vineyard stuff in BC. They're, they're a big entity. Also into uh, some uh, seed exports now, also into some cattle. And I ran into somebody in the farm equipment industry that said to me, how come it's never been reported in the mainstream media that John Deere sold equipment directly to Monette Farms bypassing their dealership network? Well, he's quite right. This has been talked about in coffee shops and talked about uh, on social media quite a bit. So I decided I'd look into it. And, and mostly, you know, unnamed but reliable sources did give John Deere and Manette Farms a chance to comment. But yes, this is one of those deals where John Deere went directly to Manette Farms and said, hey, buy John Deere. Oh, no, we're, we're, we're keys. We've always bought our equipment from Redhead Equipment. No, no, we can do you a better deal than that. So some 300 uh, serial numbers of equipment so combines tractors sprayers whatnot so a huge deal and Monette farms turned from red to green although they do still do borgo drills out of redhead equipment and the dealership network is actually quite concerned about this. John Schmeiser the, of the North American Equipment Dealers Association says there's been a number of dealers express concern that they're being bypassed. Now, John Deere, for its part, it's the only thing that it would say is that dealers always have an opportunity to participate or not in these sort of deals. And my information was that there was a participation payment made to the dealerships that uh, would be affected because they still have to do warranty work. But some dealers that... Uh, are just worried that this might uh, affect the dealership network going forward. He says the reported deal has not gone over well with John Deere dealerships. Now, it's, it's really interesting when you see a really big player like that switch allegiance uh, going red to green and Manette being such a, a large player in the industry. The other thing that happened is that many of the dealers believe that uh, their allocation of new equipment was reduced because Manette was getting all of this equipment directly from John Deere. And therefore, they had to wait longer and their producers had to wait longer for equipment because this deal took place in 2022 when the whole equipment supply chain was still recovering and and lots of producers had to wait for their equipment but when you're the size and uh, economic power that uh, Manette Farms has become they they tend to stand first in line they're they're the kind of farm that every manufacturer and every dealer would uh, love to do business with and Hirsch says it's not something that happens a lot in North America. 
Well, I think that, you know, certainly that, you know, farmers are uh, uh, can quite, quite rightly decide they want to switch allegiance or, or many producers run a, a mix of equipment. In this case, uh, some sources suggest that this was the first one-off deal directly from the manufacturer to a farmer in Canada, and there had only been a couple of other cases like this in the U.S., so that is sort of setting precedent, but it was a case of John Deere with their acquisitions group specifically going after a, a big client and and uh, bypassing or at least partially bypassing their dealership network to do it, which is a different way of doing business. Some suggest that uh, if you look not in Saskatchewan, but in Alberta and a number of U.S. states, that this uh, sort of direct deal from an original equipment manufacturer to a, a farmer would be illegal, but other say, well, there might have been ways to structure the deal where it wouldn't actually be offside for the law. Kevin Hirsch is the chief agricultural editor for SaskAgToday.com. And you're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. Up next after the break is today's Ag Review. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers, and My Grain Exchange. Ready to market your 2023 crop? Head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. Protein Industries Canada has released the Road to $25 billion, an updated roadmap for Canada's ingredient manufacturing, food processing and bioproduct sector, which includes a goal of $25 billion in revenue by 2035. Protein Industries Canada CEO Bill Gruel says our agriculture and food sector has long been undervalued as an economic driver. He says currently our trading partners import Canadian raw commodities and generate value through ingredient manufacturing, food production and bioproduct development. Some of these products are exported back to Canada. Gruel says bringing this value-added opportunity home represents the $25 billion potential outlined in the roadmap. He adds that the federal government has shown interest in investing in electric battery manufacturing as a means to meeting its sustainability and economic goals. And now he wants to see the same kind of support for the plant protein and ingredient sector. Avian influenza, also known as bird flu, has been detected in Manitoba. The federal government says the highly transmissible virus was found on a farm south of Winkler. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency has declared a primary control zone in the area in order to prevent the spread of the virus. This means that birds, their products and their byproducts can't be moved into, out of or within the control zone without permission. ADM and Marathon Petroleum Corporation held a ribbon-cutting ceremony yesterday to celebrate the opening of their joint venture soybean processing facility at Spiritwood, North Dakota. Green Bison Soy Processing is the state's first soybean-specific processing complex and a major step towards meeting increased demand for renewable diesel. The facility, located about 290 kilometers south of the Canada-U.S. border, will bring significant new regional demand for soybeans to the Northern Plains 
as it's designed to process 150,000 bushels per day. Refined oil from the Green Bison Crush Plant and Refinery will be supplied exclusively to Marathon as a feedstock for renewable diesel. The facility is projected to produce 600 million pounds of soybean oil annually, enough to produce an estimated 75 million gallons of renewable diesel per year. The plant, which received its first loads of soybeans in September and is currently in the commissioning phase, is also expected to generate 1.28 million metric tons of soybean meal annually. Ukraine and Britain have agreed on a special mechanism for discounts on war risk insurance on exports through the Black Sea Corridor, which has helped transport almost 4 million metric tons of goods since August. Kyiv launched a humanitarian corridor for ships bound for African and Asian markets to try to circumvent a de facto blockade in the Black Sea after Russia quit a United Nations brokered deal that had guaranteed Ukraine's seaborne exports during the war. War risk insurance remains one of the critical issues for securing the capabilities of the route since Russia keeps targeting it, dropping mines close to the path. Insurance premiums have risen sharply following a Russian attack on a Liberia flag civilian vessel entering port in the Odessa region in early November, killing a Ukrainian pilot and injuring four crew members. Bayer's new CEO says the company's management is evaluating whether to spin off its crop science division as part of a company-wide restructuring process. A German news outlet reported in July that Bill Anderson was considering divesting the company's agriculture business, one of Bayer's three divisions, along with Bayer Pharmaceuticals and Bayer Consumer Health on the stock market. In a November 8th earnings call with investors, he confirmed a spin-off of Bayer Crop Science is one of several structural changes that are under consideration. Anderson, who became CEO in June, said Bayer's management is not happy with the company's performance this year. He says they've established an expert team of external financial advisors to evaluate how to maximize value for shareholders. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. For today, increasing cloudiness this afternoon, winds from the southwest at 20 kilometers an hour, then becoming light, a high of plus 5. Tonight, cloudy and about a couple of centimeters of snow near midnight, winds out of the north at 20 gusting to 40 kilometers an hour, low of minus 7 with wind chill minus 14 overnight. Tomorrow, the light snow is ending in the morning, then clearing up, North wind at 20 gusting to 40 kilometers an hour, then changing to the west at 20 to 40 clicks near noon, high of minus 1. With the wind chill minus 14 in the morning, then down to minus 7 in the afternoon, the low for tomorrow is minus 8. And it gets much simpler after that, subject to change though. Friday sunshine, high of 0, the low minus 7. 
Saturday, sunny, high of minus 1, the low minus 5. Sunday, sunny, high of plus 2, low minus 5 again. Sunny on Monday, high of minus 1, low minus 9. And Tuesday, sunny, high of minus 2. Normal highs for the period are around minus 2 degrees. Normal lows, minus 12. The sun rose at 8.13 this morning. The sun will set at around 5.13. Taking a look around the province, a few places quite warm today. Estevan is the provincial warm spot at 9 degrees. Swift Current is at 4 degrees. Meanwhile, in Saskatoon and Yorkton, 3. And Weyburn, 9 as well. The cool spot in Saskatchewan is in Key Lake at minus 6.8. In Regina, beautiful sunny sky. West-northwest wind at 20 kilometers an hour. Humidity 55%. Temperature 3 degrees or 38 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 101.3 and rising. In Moose Jaw, it's partly cloudy. West wind at 21 to 31 kilometers an hour. Temperature 5 degrees. Again in the Queen City. Sunshine, west-northwest wind at 20 Temperature plus three. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com and Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. The latest cattle market update suggests Saskatchewan cattle prices were mixed last week. Livestock development intern at the Ministry of Agriculture, Emily Taylor, says feeder steer prices were down in all but two categories, while heifer prices were mixed. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices showed some declines from the week prior. However, average prices for cattle between 400 and 600 pounds were unaffected. Feeder steer prices were weaker compared to November 3rd, with all but two categories showing declines. Prices ranged from $483.45 per hundred weight for the 300 to 400 pound category, down to $284.25 per hundred weight for the 900 plus pound weight steers. The 400 to 500 pound average steer price increased $5.92 per hundredweight, while prices declined $12.42 per hundredweight for the 900 plus pound steer category. Saskatchewan's feeder heifers were mixed and ranged from $377.18 per hundredweight for the 300 to 400 pound category to $276.30 per hundredweight for the 800 plus pound weight category. The 500 to 600 pound heifer category had the largest increase at $2.91 per hundredweight over the prior week. The largest decline was in the 800 to 900 pound category, declining $7.83 per hundredweight on average. Live cattle futures and low demand were factors. Feeder cattle prices were weaker as feedlots filled up and there was less demand for cattle. Cattle futures also declined this week with feeder cattle futures declining $10.88 per hundredweight for November and $13.33 per hundredweight for January. Live cattle futures dropped by $9.70 per hundredweight for December contracts and $10.58 per hundredweight for February. The number of cattle sold at auction in Saskatchewan was down a bit compared to the previous week. The volume of Saskatchewan feeder cattle sold at auction marts declined for the week ending November 10th, with Canfax reporting 42,063 heads sold, compared to the 44,501 head marketed the previous week. Market volume was higher than the 31,782 head marketed during the same week last year. And Taylor had the latest prices for market-ready cattle in Alberta. 
The price for Alberta fed steers averaged $230.89 per hundredweight for the week ending November 10th. Prices of Alberta cows were down compared to November 3rd. D2 cows decreased $4.13 per hundredweight from the previous week to average $133.94 per hundredweight. The price of D3 cows was down $5.34 per hundredweight from the prior week, ending at an average price of $118.29 per hundredweight. That's Emily Taylor, a livestock development intern with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture with the latest cattle market update for the week ending November 10th. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Up next is the latest Sask Wheat Market Outlook. We'll be back right after this. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Dangleman Industries. Look to Dangleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Canadian wheat exports to China and the United States during the first two months of the crop year are nearly identical at roughly 400,000 tons apiece. China is slightly ahead of the Americas by about 15,000 tons. Wheat exports to Mexico are also 130% larger than last year at 218,000 tons. Exports to countries outside of the top 10 customers are also running well ahead of last year. Much of this has been to various African, African nations. Meantime, weak currencies in some countries are causing issues for international exporters. Michael Wilton is an analyst with Mercantile Consulting Venture. The Andersons company reported a $19 million loss when doing business with Egypt. The Andersons say they were forced to take a lower currency exchange rate due to the, quote, unusual currency liquidity issues, end quote, that their customers in Egypt are facing. This is one example of how the weak currencies in importing countries are affecting demand, and we suspect that the Andersons aren't the only companies experiencing this kind of situation. The harvest continues in the southern hemisphere. Wilton says the Australian wheat harvest is about one quarter complete. We hear that yields in Queensland are as expected, which will amount to about half of last year's total volume, but further south, yields are reportedly better than expected. The USDA left Australia's wheat crop at 24.5 million tons, which looks low. We've heard of estimates ranging from 24 to 27 million tons. As for Argentina... The Rosario Grain Exchange cut their estimate for Argentina's wheat crop by another 800,000 tons, saying the recent rains were too late to improve wheat yields and we tend to agree. They estimated the crop will be 13.5 million tons, compared to the USDA's updated number of 15 million tons. Michael Wilton is with Mercantile Consulting Venture. His comments come from this week's Sasquatch Market Report. You're listening to SaskAg Today on 620 CKRM. Coming up next is today's market update. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were trending downward in early trading today. Canola is up $4.70 though at six seventy ninety two a metric ton. Number one red spring wheat is down $1.16 at three thirty ninety four. 
and the rest were unchanged. Durham at 473.72, feed barley 262.58, chickpeas 12.12.53, flax 641.04, lentils 777.50, oats 296.32, yellow peas 401.89, and feed wheat 235.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for December is down two and a quarter cents at seven dollars and thirty-six and three quarter cents a bushel. You can get these grain prices and more at saskagtoday.com. You can also see the saskagtoday.com roundtable featuring myself, Doug Falconer, and Kevin Hirsch as we discuss the latest topics for the week, as well as any interviews, if you're interested in that sort of thing. We also post our uh, raw interviews with the who's who in the agriculture industry in the unfiltered section of the website. Coming up next is today's Livestock Report. Keep it tuned here, 620 CKRM. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now here are the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Assiniboia Livestock Auction for the week of November 10th. We sold a couple of thousand ahead of cattle on an extremely high market, three to 400 pound steers, average $4.65 a pound, sold to $5.05 a pound, four to 450 pound steers, average four fifty six a pound, or sold up to four ninety one. Four fifty to 500 pound steers, average four twenty two, and sold up to four ninety one as well. Five to 550 pound steers, average three ninety four, sold up to four and a quarter. And five to 500, 550 to 600 pound steers, average three dollars and sixty eight cents a pound, sold up to three eighty six. 650, 600 to 650 pound steers, average 345, sold up to 367, and 650 to 700 pound steers, average $3.28 a pound, and sold up to 352. Heifers were about 40 cents to a dollar back, depending on weight and quality. Some of the highlights were a load of Still Hill steers at $5.05 a pound. Another load of Still Hill cattle, 426 pound steer, Charlie steer calves, uh, they sold for $4.91 a pound. We don't know of any big groups of cattle selling that high last week. Quality does sell. The cattle market is whatever it is on any given day. However, the extra money is always in the sort, and that's what we do best. This has been Roy Rutledge reporting from the high dollar market. The latest pork prices are at $190.48 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now here's the resource report. Two major Canadian grocery retailers saw increased sales and profits in their latest quarter compared to the same quarter last year. Loblaw is reporting a $621 million profit in its third quarter, up 5% from a year ago. Metro is reporting a fourth quarter profit of over $222 million, up from close to $169 million in the same quarter last year as its sales rose 14%. Metro adds that a five-week strike at 27 stores in the Greater Toronto Area during the quarter had a negative impact on its bottom line of about $27 million after taxes. 
Canada's manufacturing sales rose 0.4% to $72.8 billion in September. As higher prices helped sales in the petroleum and coal products subsector move higher. Statistics Canada says sales were up to up in 10 of 21 subsectors as the petroleum and coal products group gained 6.3%. The wood subsector rose 2.9% and the machinery group added 1.3%. Gains were partially offset by a 1.8% drop in sales of chemicals and a 2.6% decline in motor vehicle parts. Total manufacturing sales in constant dollars fell 0.6% in September, indicating a lower volume of goods sold. On the markets, the TSX is up 65 points at 20,089. The Dow is up 125 points to 34,953. Oil is down 98 cents at $77.28 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at 73.20 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand SaskAg Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's going to do it for Wednesday's edition of SaskAg Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.